Welcome back to another episode of After the Buzzer. My name is Jack, alongside my co-host Tyler. Today, uh, we're we're gonna be going to a lot of a lot of stuff actually. Um, try to try to make it more spread out this time. And we, you know, the back half of last episode was uh, heavy loaded with baseball action, so we'll try to evenly distribute it out and not not let it drag on so much. Yeah, we got some uh, some more MLB, some more NHL, and we have a a breaking news coming out of the NFL. So uh, we're going to start with that, Jack. You want to hit him with the breaking news? Uh, yes, the breaking news. This just broke, uh, I believe, under an hour ago. Uh, J.J. Watt is signing with the Arizona Cardinals on a two-year $31 million deal with $23 million guaranteed. Uh, Watt, uh, he's, he's a phenomenal defensive lineman. Um, finally gets out of Houston, um, one of the most poorly run sports organizations. Um, and that just leaves poor Deshaun Watson uh, struggling down there, trying to find his way out. But uh, JJ reunites with his former teammate DeAndre Hopkins out in the desert, and that's a that's a big signing for Arizona. Pair him with Chandler Jones, the two time All Pro linebacker. Um, definitely makes the Cardinals defense a lot more scary, and uh, uh, makes a makes an already good team better in a tough NL. Oh, not NL. Oh my gosh, NFC West. <laughs> thinking of baseball. Uh, excuse me, NFC West division with San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams along with Arizona. So that division is going to be very good going into next season. Uh, I think DeAndre was a big part in why JJ's did sign with the Cardinals. Yeah, did some selling. Uh, should get some commission on that contract. <laughs> yeah, for real. All righty. So that was it for the breaking news. And now we're going to jump into uh, the recap and uh, what we think about the uh the super 16 in the nhl yeah so uh yeah it's nearly the same as last week but there's a couple changes um and jack i'll give you the first one all right the bruins coming in at number one uh they they were number one last week staying there this week uh they dominated the flyers in the outdoor game um but they've played just two games in their last 11 days um, you really can't move them down for not playing. Um, understandable why they are still a number one. Yeah. Not much to say for the Bruins. Uh, we always dominant. Number two, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they were previously the ranked two as well, so no change for them. Um, and they got back-to-back wins over Carolina, uh, shutting them out 3 nothing. Andre Vasilevsky uh, had a 1.87 goals against average. And Ross Colton stepped in. And, uh, and it's to play his first NHL, NHL game, and he scored. So uh, that was nice to see. First game, first goal. Always always a pleasure to see that around the NHL. Yeah, good for Ross Colton getting his first uh, career goal. Lightning surging, staying at number two. Uh, coming in at number three, the Golden Knights. Again, they were ranked three last week. Uh, the top, top five or so is pretty much staying the same. Um, but the Golden Knights uh, coming at number three again. Uh, the goaltending, really, Marc-Andre Fleury has been tremendous uh, due to Robin Leonard being hurt. He stepped up and played great. Uh, Mark Stone having a good season for the Knights, averaging a point per game. And uh, the only question mark we have about Vegas is their centers. Um, Carlson, Stevenson, and Cody Glass really are just playing uh, below expectations right now. And uh, I think if Vegas wants to be uh, an elite team, they're, they are already very good. But, I mean... The centers uh, are, are a question mark indeed. Yeah, uh, definitely not a solidified number one center. 
when you have Chandler Stevenson playing on your top line. Um, but yeah, definitely an interesting situation for the centers in Vegas. All right, coming to number four, uh, like Jack said, no change. The Toronto Maple Leafs, previous ranked four, they are staying at four. Um, now we have Matthews and Marner. I mean, they're just lighting up the stat sheet. They both, I believe, have close to 30 points. I believe Marner has that. Marner does. He is 32, yeah. 10 goals, 22 assists. Yep, and Matthews has 18 goals, I believe. So he is just scoring at record numbers. Uh, he's coming off of a wrist injury, I believe. I believe he's been playing hurt all season, but uh, it just appears that he took some maintenance days a couple days ago. But uh, offense is the name of the game for the Leafs, and that is why they are at number four. Yeah, uh, Freddie Anderson also uh, missed the last couple of games due to an injury. Uh, yes, he he should be back soon, though. Yeah, he was practicing with no limitation um, yesterday, Sunday. So uh, expect him to be back quite soon for the Leafs. Yep. Coming in at number five, moving up one spot from last week, the Florida Panthers, um, right there with the Lightning for the tops in the Central Division. Um, just yeah, they they are looking really good. Um, just getting good all around production from everybody. Uh, and and their shockers are Chris Dreiger and Net. He's been very a very uh, stable goaltender for them. Someone they can uh, depend on. Go out and get a win and play solid back between the pipes. Uh, Patrick Hornquist is a. Uh, He's been another shocker. He's up there in goals and points for them. I believe he leads the team in goals. Um, he's been quite the acquisition. And uh, Carter Hagee, while he's fallen off a little bit, he has put up some good production up to this point. And uh, the Panthers dealing with plenty of pleasant surprises, and which is why they are up there with the Lightning for the tops of the division. Yeah, they're playing all around uh, pretty good. Good defense, good goaltending, good offense. So that leads to success. Coming to number six, also moving up one spot, the Carolina Hurricanes. They were previously ranked seven. And I got to say, they are looking dangerous. Um, like you said, uh, with the Panthers, they're right up there with Tampa Bay. Uh, and uh, due to the fact that Trocheck is paying dividends for sure, he is having a great start to the season um, on pace to shatter career highs. But they're getting all around consistent offensive production. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, he was in a, a bit of a hot stretch. He's cooled off, but he got, they got some good production from him for a while. Marty Natchez, he was on a hot streak. So as one person gets hot, one may cool off, but it opens the door for another person, and the Hurricanes have been rolling. So that is why they move up to number six. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, whether it's uh, Nino Ryder, um, they are they, Like you said, one guy cools down, one guy heats up, and it's just – they always have a new guy um, providing steady production. All right, number seven, the first team we see taking a dip in the rankings, the Avalanche coming in at seven, previously ranked five. Uh, the positive, a positive for them is Phil Grubauer has been phenomenal between the pipes this year. Um, around a 2.00 goals against average. Um, but the Avalanche have hit a little bit of a skid here, dropping three of their last five. Um, is this reason for concern early on in a West division that's had some shocking teams like the Kings, sit right in the playoff spot and the Minnesota wild. Uh, both teams were expected to be average, but they've played above expectations and are sitting in the middle uh, two spots, I believe in the playoffs in that division. Um, just yet yeah, the, the wild and Kings are overperforming uh, avalanche hit a little bit of a skid. I don't think it's time to panic yet, but uh, they got to get their, their act together here. They could take a, put themselves in a serious hole. Yeah, definitely. Um, scary to think that, 
Nathan McKinnon has another level to his game, but he certainly does. Uh, not quite putting up the production that he was last year, but he's still doing good. Um, and if he could somehow increase those numbers, the Avalanche, I'm sure, will have no problem winning games. All righty, coming to number eight, moving up four places, the Winnipeg Jets. They go from 12, and then now they jump up to eight. And this is all uh, led by Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Neil Pionk. So the, these three players have been the star star players for uh, Winnipeg. And Nikolai Villers and Kyle Connor have both been playing well. Um, they were really the, the lead guns of the team for the first couple weeks of the season. And now the big guns of Shifley and Wheeler are taking over. And even Pierre-Luc Dubois, it looks like he's fitting along. He's starting to build some chemistry so that uh, we could see that how that trade develops. Um, once we get closer to the end of the season, if he starts developing as a player and putting up numbers we're used to seeing him put up. But uh, yeah, those three players leading the way for the Jets. And that is why they are moving up four places. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Kyle, I was, I was going to say uh, thank you for saying Kyle Connor because uh, I feel like he's very underrated and not really he is. That, that respected around the league, even though he's got 19 points in 20 games. That's just shy of a point per game. Uh, again, a guy who's a big piece of the Jets' success, not getting a lot of credit. But um, yeah, Jets, a lot of good offensive production this year. Uh, on to number nine, a team that did not change, the Philadelphia Flyers. Sitting at nine last week, coming at nine again. Uh, JVR remains hot. Uh, he is he's just scorching. He's he's got another level to his game this year. Uh, been been really one of the bright spots for the Flyers, along with Kevin Hayes. Uh, that signing is looking really good for them. Uh, he brings leadership and he brings some offensive efficiency there. Uh, Claude Giroux was activated back from the COVID list, and he's made an impact right away with three assists. So getting some guys back, Couturier is also back and roaring. So the Flyers getting a lot of uh, consistent production from a lot of their veteran and leaders. So that's, that's is a recipe for success. Makes sense why they sit at nine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me personally, I've Claude Giroux in one of my fantasy leagues and I was happy to see, uh, two of his three assists, his first game back came on the power play. So good for my fantasy team. Good for the flyers. And that is why they are at number nine. Yeah. I have Sean Couturier. So, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. Boom. There you go. All righty, coming at number 10, the Washington Capitals, they move up three places. They were previously ranked at number 13. And now, unlike some of these other teams we mentioned, the offense really isn't leading the way for the Caps. It's more of their defense and, uh, well, power play, that is offense. But defense and power play has been the driving factor, definitely, for the Capitals. Um, now, they are 3-1-1 and since a four-game losing streak that began um, – that started their February. Uh, Samsonov was de designated to Hershey. However, he just got called up and played yesterday against the Devils. And uh, I believe they won that game three to two. So the Caps, uh, their, their defense is strong. Their power play is good. Uh, Ovi is performing well along with Nick Backstrom. And who knows, maybe Samsonov regains that number one spot over Vitek Banachek and the Capitals start soaring in the Super 16th. Yeah, Caps playing really well. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, um, Vanacek, um, he's he's been really stable. Like I said, for other guys, he's been a stable guy in net for Washington. Uh, defense is playing well right now. Uh, makes sense why they sit at ten. All right, number eleven. This team made a big jump. They were not ranked last week, but coming, like I said, at number eleven, we have the Edmonton Oilers. 
Uh, the league's best duo, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, there is no dispute about that being the best one-two punch in the NHL. Those guys uh, put up numbers like you will not believe. But Marner and Matthews are kind of giving them a run for their money this year. Uh, but back to the Oilers, they are red hot right now. Uh, Mike Smith playing very well since his return, 5-0-0 in net. Uh, Miko Kostinen is cooling off, which opened the door for Smith. And uh, the Oilers just, again, scorching hot. Offense is looking good. Goaltending, very good. And that, that is how you're going to win games. Good goaltending, solid goal scoring. Makes sense why the Oilers are number 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike Smith came in uh, once he got back. And he pretty much took over the starting job right away. Played good in his first game. And ever since then, he's been the go-to guy for the Oilers. And obviously, McDavid and Drysdale are just lighting the lamp almost every night. And that will definitely lead to some wins when you got those two guys playing on your team. All righty. Coming in number 12, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They also make a big jump. Uh, they are ranked at number 12. And they were not ranked last week. So another non-ranked team jumps up into the Super 16. Now, Tristan Jari, uh, he took, similar to Mike Smith, he took over the number one job. Um, and he, he struggled a little bit early in the season. But although his numbers may not be the, the greatest, he is winning games, and he's making uh, a lot of saves every game as the Penguins' defense gives up many shots uh, each and every night. Jason Zucker, though, appears to be at long-term, which is unfortunate for the Penguins. I believe it was something in his uh, knee or ankle. And Teddy Bluger, a bright, shining star over in Pittsburgh, he has come out of nowhere and has played great. Um, so that's unlike the Penguins. Normally they're led by their star power of Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Gensel. But they're getting some great secondary scoring this year. And who knows, maybe that is why. Uh, maybe that is one of the reasons why they jumped up into the Super 16. Yeah, depth scoring. Uh, Jeremy McCann. Um, Bluger, just to their depth guys putting in work for them. Uh, I agree. That's, that's part of the reason why they are number 12. Uh, number 13, this team fell three spots in the rankings. Uh, the New York Islanders. Uh, Varlamov has continued to be great uh, between the pipes. Uh, pa- the power play has been vastly improved from years past, and they're just looking like a fresh new unit, a unit we've kind of never seen before, a unit that we'd see flashes every once in a while, but it's consistently there now and uh is posing a threat to opposing penalty kills uh they did drop two in a row two in a row on the road in pittsburgh um but they did get hot at the end of the last week they went one oh and one uh taking three out of four possible points in a back-to-back weekend series against the penguins at home um getting back on track uh the islanders i'm sitting right there contending in the east division yeah and uh probably had a bit of a shaky game over the weekend but that was un- unlike him, so uh, he still played very good. And their young rookie goaltender, Ilya Sorokin, stepped in, and he is now back-to-back shutouts. So that is a promising uh, promising stat right there if you're an Islander fan to hear. Um, and hopefully he can continue that success uh, further in the season because Barlamov will definitely need a guy to lean on. For All righty. Sure. Coming to number four, the St. Louis Blues, they moved down three spots as well. They go from 11 last week to 14. So they had a bit of a rough patch in February. Uh, they they struggled on home ice pretty badly, unlike most teams. Uh, however, Jordan Cairo, he's blossomed very well 
for the Blues um, this year. It looks like his breakout season, and hopefully he can continue this now for the rest of his career. But he's off to a 17-point um, start in 20 games, so that's pretty good for Jordan Cairo. Uh, after last year, he was a third – uh, like a third scoring line guy. So, and I believe he was even scratched some games. So very, a very surprising um, start to the season for Jordan Cairo. But if you're a blues fan, you got to love it. Uh, but yeah, blues down three spots, a little bit of a rough patch, but I'm sure they'll get back to it. Yeah. Blues are also dealing with some injury issues right now. Gene Schwartz exactly. is out. Um, Colin Pareko is also out. Uh, Robert Thomas, Tyler Bozak. I mean, they're just dealing with a lot of stuff right now, uh, which is now, and it's understandable why they're cold when you're losing your key guys. Um, Cairo has been a bright spot for them, though, as you said. Um, so something they certainly like to see. Um, he'll, he will gel right in once they get a lot of their main guys back. Um, but yeah, Blues, number 14. Ken can easily make a jump back up, though. At number 15, we have a team that's fallen seven spots. The Montreal Canadiens, uh, they have been ice cold as of late. Uh, earlier in the week, they dropped two games to the Senators in overtime and shootout, um, and it led to their head coach being fired. Um, Claude Julien is uh, out in Montreal. Uh, Tyler Toffoli has still been very efficient offensively, though. He's got 12 goals. Um, he's just continued to bring stable offensive production. Uh, but the Canadians do need to – to, to get a quick turnaround if they want to they want to stay right in this thing up in the North Division. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them um, to compete for a playoff spot, I believe. you got so many good scoring teams up there. Carey Price hasn't been playing his best, and he's admitted to that. He, uh, I believe he said it was due to overthinking. Um, but, yeah, Canadians, very rough uh, month of February. Leads to Claude Julien firing. And now he's looking for a new job. So be on the lookout for that. And our last team in the Super 16, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they were previously ranked 14th, and now they are 16. Patty Kane, uh, he's got over 30 points. He's looking great. He just scored his 400th career goal, and he is just playing like prime Patty Kane this season. And then you can't forget about the young guns. The Brinkett and Kubalik are playing very well along with Kane and the Blackhawks uh, definitely look like they can make a push for the playoffs if they keep this play up. Kevin Lankinen has been great for them and their scoring has been at the top of the league. So that is a recipe for success. Yeah, the only problem the Blackhawks run into is just games played. They've played more games than everyone else in their division yeah. that are in the playoffs. So with teams like Florida, Tampa, and Carolina right there, um, uh, they played three more games than Florida and Carolina, and they've played four more games in Tampa Bay, which is hurting them. But no one no one in the bottom four of this division is posing that much of a threat. I think Dallas can certainly make a big push since they've only played 16 games. Um, they do have a strong team, so they are the only non-team in the top four that poses a threat to the Hawks as of right now. But that the Hawks are still looking really good. Like you said, Kane and the Young Guns playing well. All right, uh, we're going to go into the hot and cold NHL team section. But since we've talked about most of the teams in this section in the power rankings, we're going to just briefly go through this. Um, Tyler, you want to get us started with the hot section, the first team? I will. All right, so we got uh, two teams here. The Edmonton Oilers are our first team. They won four in a row. 
and uh, seven of the last eight. And they've only given up seven goals in those four games. So great defense there by the Oilers. Um, and they stay hot. And the next team, I'll select the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Six-game winning streak. Uh, and Dustin Brown, he's scoring like crazy. They're playing very good. Um, they're getting a blend of scoring, but Dustin Brown is leading the way. Uh, Jeff Carter's doing good. Anze Kopitar's doing good. Drew Doughty's doing good. The goaltending duo was hand, ha- hanging in there. Excuse me. And the Kings, they're hot. So the Oilers, Kings are two hot teams of the week. Another team you could add in here is the Minnesota Wild. Um, yes, they've been surging. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov has been a bright, shining star up in Minnesota. Matt Dumb has been playing well. Uh, Capo Kakin in between the pipes has been um, hot. I think he's won his last five or six starts. So um, the Wild are just surging right now. Another team in the hot section. Uh, now one of the cold teams. Uh, we've already talked about these two up in the Super 16. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, 0-1-2 in their last three games and 1-3-2 and in, last, in their last six. Uh, scoring has been a major issue for them. Uh, they've only scored three or more goals in two of the six games. And one of the games they scored three goals, they've lost. So uh, got to get more consistent goaltending. And the defense has been a little bit cheeky as well. Just need to find a way to turn this thing around because they were looking really good in the beginning of this season. And the the second team in the cold section, the St. Louis Blues. Lost four of their last five, including three on home ice. Uh, like we said earlier, the injuries have been piling up. Uh, Robert Thomas, Ivan Barbashev, Tyler Bozak, all on IR. And uh, like we said, Gene Schwartz and Comprego are both out. So Blue's got to get those guys back as soon as possible to try to right the ship here. Yeah, very injury-ridden. Um, hopefully they can get off that cold list. Yep. All right, that'll wrap up the NHL section here, and we're going to go on to the MLB. Uh, we got our off-season grades as spring training has begun, and then we'll look at um, the power rankings uh, the spring training power rankings at MLB.com dropped, and we'll give our brief reaction to those. So let's not waste any time, and let's get right into the offseason grades. Going to the American League East, and Tyler, we're going to start with the New York Yankees. Yes, sir. Uh, the key, the key moves up. You got it. You got it. All righty. Yeah. Starting off, my team, the New York Yankees, uh, they made some some key moves this year. Uh, they bolstered up their, their rotation. They got Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyon. They re-signed DJ LeMahieu, Brett Gardner. They got Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day, Jay Bruce, Robinson Chirinos. Uh, and the only really noticeable loss, despite coming off of a poor season, Adam Onovino got traded to the Red Sox. But I'm giving this grade uh, an A. I know I'm a Yankees fan, but I don't really think this is too biased because I genuinely think they deserve an A. They got what they needed. They got two good pitchers. If Kluber and Tyon could perform to their potential, the Yankees could have a very dangerous rotation. And obviously, DJ LeMahieu coming back, that could be deserving of an A in itself. So I am giving an A to the Yankees. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Uh, Giving the Yankees an A is definitely a fair grade. Uh, Bolstering the starting rotation with moves like Kluber and Tyon, like you said. Uh, being able to bring back DJ LeMahieu on a relatively cheap contract. I mean, that was steal for around $15 million a year. Um, that was just good moves by the front office. Brian Cashman getting things done and uh, keeping the Yankees together while finding a way to get them better. Uh, I think Justin Wilson is a move to watch. He was good with the Mets last year, going cross down to the Bronx. Uh, he could provide some quality bullpen innings for the Yankees. All right, on to our next team in the AL East. we got the Toronto Blue Jays. 
uh, th- their key moves were bringing in superstar center fielder George Springer. Uh, they got Marcus Simeon, who's a solid middle infielder from the Athletics. Kirby Yates, the former Padre closer. David Phelps, Robbie Ray, and Steven Matz. Um, I'm giving the Blue Jays an A. Uh, whenever you can bring in a guy like George Springer and get an experienced guy like Marcus Simeon, who had 40-plus homers in 2019, uh, that's always a good thing. Add some experience, some quality experience to that youthful group up in Toronto. Um and then just getting some depth pitching. It's not the best pitching, but it brings some depth in case of injuries and other things. And you can uh, just just throw a lot of different guys in there. So I'm giving the Blue Jays an A. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, throughout these offseason grades, it's going to seem like me and Jack are agreeing a lot. But that is because we are. Um, didn't really do that on purpose. It's just kind of how it worked out. And I'm also giving the Blue Jays an A. Um, now, similar to the reasons why Jack stated, the Blue the Blue Jays, uh, they got a very young team, but these guys they signed, they're not just any old veterans that normally come in to teach the new guys about uh, certain things, uh, dealing with baseball uh, and life outside of baseball. These guys, they're good uh, older guys who've been around the league for a while and they've been doing good. So uh, very, very good moves for the Blue Jays. And like you said, never hurts to add some depth um, whenever you're competing for a playoff spot. And hopefully the Blue Jays can be doing that this year. I don't see why the Blue Jays shouldn't be competing for a playoff spot with that roster. Exactly. All righty. Next team up in the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh boy. This was a rough off season to say the least. Now they're really only key moves. Their key additions were uh, Chris Archer, Colin McHugh and Rich Hill. And uh, you're probably asking yourself, really? That's all they added? And uh, their subtractions definitely outweighed their additions. They lost Blake Snell and Charlie Morgan. And because of that, I got to give their offseason an F. Um, I was thinking borderline D. But then I, whenever you lose pitchers like Blake Snell, especially Blake Snell and Charlie Morgan, and then you don't really sign anyone to replace them, it doesn't look too good for you. So that is why I'm giving them an F. Yeah, once again, I'm going to grade F. Uh, Brandon Chris Archer has been struggling the past couple of years. Um, Colin McHugh, I do like that move out in the bullpen. I think he's a solid reliever. Um, Rich Hill, uh, he's 41 years old. Uh, he's still got some decent stuff. You showed last season he's still got stuff in the tank, but uh, nowhere near the realm of Charlie Morton or Blake Snell. And those, those losses were just too significant. You traded Blake Snell. You didn't get any major league ready uh, talent in return uh, to fill in the gaps. And Charlie Morton going to the Braves. Um, and again, a big loss. We'll be talking about Morton later. And we'll be talking about both these guys later. But uh, yeah, giving the Rays an F. All I got on them. All right, on to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Their additions, they, they did try to get better. I'll give them that. They got Kike Hernandez from the Dodgers. Marwin Gonzalez, Hunter Renfro, Garrett Richards, and Franchi Cordero. And their only notable subtraction was Andrew Benintendi, who they traded to Kansas City for Franchi Cordero. Um, I'm giving the Sox a B here. Call it a little generous. Call it what you want. But I am commending them for making an effort to improve. Uh, They finished dead last in the AL East last year. uh, And they they certainly made an effort to get better. And I think they will be improved. Uh, Hernandez was a solid piece of the Dodgers in the World Series team. Marvin Gonzalez, a solid utility man. 
Hunter Renfro. They'll plug him out and right. Uh, he's got a good arm out there. He can hit for power, but he's strikeout prone. Garrett Richards and depth starter. And then Franchi Cordell is young. He's still got ability to develop out there. So I like to be for the Sox. Yeah, I, I could see you. Uh, I could see you and many people giving the Sox a B, but I got to go with the C. Now, like you said, I like their ambition to improve, but I just don't think uh, they they got the best option options out there. So that's why I'm giving them a C. I do like Hernandez. I believe uh, he will fit well. But Ben Attendee um, has been around in the Red Sox organization for a while. If you're a Sox fan, I'm sure it's tough to see him go. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's just an average offseason. They tried to improve. It's not the greatest additions, but it's not the worst. So that's why I'm giving them a C. Understand. I understand why you give them a C, absolutely. Um, and let's move on to the final team in the AL East, the Baltimore Orioles. Not too much to talk about here. Uh, F, their key moves were bringing in Freddie Galvis, Matt Harvey, and Felix Hernandez. And in case the Orioles didn't know, this is in 2014 where Matt Harvey and Felix Hernandez are some of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, Freddie Galvis is an average shortstop at best. Um, the Orioles, I'm giving them an F because they just simply didn't make an effort to get better. Uh, they do have some solid pieces there already, but um, again, didn't make an effort to get better. I'm giving you an F based on the moves they made. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's an argument here. You got to give them an F. <clears throat> but um, yeah, like you said, I don't know what year they're, they're thinking this was. Um, and for a team that's that young, you think maybe they would get uh, some better people to gel well with them, but this just wasn't the move. So yeah, definitely an F for the Orioles. Yeah, and that's going to wrap up the AL East. We're going to the AL Central now, and we're going to start with the Minnesota Twins. Um, Tyler, you want to you break down the key moves? All righty. So their additions were Nelson Cruz, Andre Elton Simmons, Alex Colomb, Jay Happ, Matt Shoemaker, and their subtractions were Rich Hill, Sergio Romo, and Eddie Rosario. Now this was, was all right uh, offseason. It was pretty good. Uh, so I'm giving them B. Andre Elton Simmons, I think it's going to be a good addition. Um, one of the biggest uh, additions in this group for them. Uh, so, yeah, the, a B I think is very fair. They improved. They showed effort to improve. And, you know, some of these guys could definitely make a difference. So I'm giving them a B. I'm agreeing with the B ranking here. Uh, keeping Nelson Cruz around, who can still hit for power. Anderton Simmons will help on the defensive side. Uh, shortstop, uh, tremendously getting a gold glover. Uh, Alex Colome will help out in the bullpen. Uh, slots right in to replace Trevor May. Jay Happ, just a depth depth pitcher. Matt Shoemaker, he's got some potential. He showed flashes, flashes excuse me, with the Jays of, of being promising. I think he can get it, uh, get, get it consistently there with the Twins. Um, and then their losses, Rich Hill, Sergio Romo, and Eddie Rosario. Um, Kirillov, their star prospect, will come in to fill in Rosario's spot. Uh, their losses really weren't too significant. Why give them a B? All right, on to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, we got they they didn't they didn't make a ton of moves, but they did make quality moves. Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks, and Adam Eaton. Lynn, quality starter from the Texas Rangers. Uh, he's got some. He's got a lot of experience. He's won a World Series. Uh, he pitched very well with the Rangers last season. I don't expect him to fall off at all coming to the White Sox. 
Um, Liam Hendricks just acquired the best closer in baseball over the last two seasons. Yeah, it just slots right back in that bullpen and uh, provides them with a go-to guy in the ninth inning of pretty much every time you need him. And then bringing back Adam Eaton for the Nationals. Eaton had his best days of his career in Chicago. Uh, you'll slot him in out in right field, uh, and he'll probably split time with Adam Angle out there. But Eaton, just a good, solid, dependable outfielder. Uh, yeah. Nothing much to say about that. I'm giving the White Sox an A. Yeah, and no, I got to say, whenever you have the most players in the top 100 and you acquire uh, two of those players in the offseason, uh, your team's going to be looking pretty nice. Uh, and Adam Eaton is coming back to the White Sox with a championship of his own. So some great additions. Like you said, best closer in baseball. Uh, if they just signed him alone, uh, they're pushing an A. So, uh, yeah, it's an A for me. Whenever you get those three guys, uh, it's hard not to give a team an A. So White Sox, an A. Look out for them this year. Yep, couldn't agree more. We'll talk about them more later. All righty. Next team up, the uh, the Indians. Now, a bit of a rough offseason for them. A huge trade transpired between them and the Mets. And uh, their key moves, their key additions were Andre Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, Cesar Hernandez, and Eddie Rosario. So uh, they got two Rosarios. Now, those additions aren't terrible. But then when you compare it to their subtractions, it's not the greatest. They lost Francisco Lindor, Carlos Carrasco, Carlos Santana, and Brad Hand. So, um, like I said, um, with the uh, the Rays before, their subtractions definitely outweighed their additions. And uh, I'm giving them a D. Whenever you lose a guy like Francisco Lindor and Carlos uh, Carrasco and even Carlos Santana, um, it's a rough off season, so almost an F, but they got some good pieces back in the trade, so I'm giving them a D. Yeah, not not quite bad enough to give them an F. I agree. I'm going with the D also. Uh, I think if the Indians are lucky, uh, the that Jimenez's and Rosario's production will equate to Lindor. I don't think that's going to be the case, but in best in the best case scenario, that would happen. Uh, Cesar, keeping Cesar Hernandez around at second base or wherever they decide to play him, I'm not sure. And then bringing in a Rosario from the Twins who rakes a progressive field. I think that's a good pickup for them. But like you said, the the losses outweigh the additions. Um, whenever you lose Lindor, the guys like Lindor, Carrasco, uh, Brad Hand, and Carlos Santana, you're not going to have a great above a C in the offseason no matter who you get. So, well, that's not necessarily true. But if you got like a Mike Trout, that would be a different story. But that's not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> All right. I'm giving him a D also. And that's it for the Indians. On to the Tigers. Uh, this is a team that I think did a good job of improving. They didn't get any superstars, but they made some depth moves that help improve their team from a year ago. Uh, their key moves, keeping Jonathan Scope around, who is a solid second baseman, um, puts in good work at the plate and does enough in the field to provide good production. Robbie Grossman, a good depth outfielder, bringing him over from the A's and bringing in Omar Mazzaro, who hits for power. Um, Tigers do have a really deep park, though. So I don't know if those homer numbers will stay there. I think they can because Mazzara does have a lot of pop. Uh, but the problem with him is he does strike out a ton. But again, like I said, Tigers made moves to improve. I'm giving them a C. Yeah. Um, I'm giving them a D. Just um, I know I, I said that C is like the standard of of uh, an average offseason. Um, the only reason I'm giving them a D is because I feel like they need to start attracting 
um, more than just some depth guys uh, in order to really get the guns flowing and start improving. Um, but I, honestly, a C and a D right here is very close. But uh, the only reason I'm giving a D is because I feel like if they have signed a couple more pieces or a couple better pieces, this would definitely be a C. And uh, maybe their team would improve um, a little bit more than it would um, just signing these three guys. But, yeah, D for me. On to our final team in the AL Central, the Kansas City Royals. Again, another team that had a good offseason, in my opinion, bringing in Carlos Santana, um, stealing him from the division rival Indians, bringing in Mike Miner, a solid starter, and getting Andrew Benintendi in a trade with the Red Sox that didn't cost too much. I think Benintendi can revitalize his career. He's still relatively young, and uh, they didn't call him Benny Biceps up in Boston for nothing. So I think he's definitely got some uh, some some traction left, some some juice left. Yeah, in his career, I think he can provide a solid uh, production on left field. And I'm giving the Royals a B. They didn't lose anybody, and they added to uh, a core that needed some help. They did that. I'm giving them a B. Yeah, I'm giving them a B as well. Uh, Carlos Santana, great addition. Like you said, Mike Minor, good style uh, starter. And Matt Hendy, he's still very young, and he's got a bunch of MLB experience. So it's a B for me. They showed they wanted to improve, and they did. All right, on to the AL West. Uh, the we're gonna start off with the LA Angels. Uh, they they made some moves, not not the most quality though. Uh, bringing in Jose Quintana, Alex Cobb, Rysel Iglesias, Jose Iglesias, two Iglesiases, I guess you would call that the plural. Um, Cameron Maben and Kurt Suzuki. Uh, again, Angels. I'm giving them a C. Uh, they made an effort to get better, but again, no one really flashy. Uh, Quintana and Cobb are average starters to below average starters. Nothing that will significantly upgrade that starting rotation. Rizal Iglesias, their best move of the offseason, getting a good closer out there in that pen, something the Angels really needed. Jose Iglesias, just the depth infielder. Um, Cameron Maben, veteran guy. He's been around a while. And then Kurt Suzuki, who's been a solid catcher, was with the Nationals the last couple of years. Uh, he was a good piece for them. I think he can come over to the Angels and be just as good. Yeah, um, I got to give it a C as well. Um, average offseason, they didn't sign a star like Rendon. Um, they did last year, but they did, they made some all right moves. It's, they're, they're sufficient, I guess you could say, but nothing to, to shock the world. So I'm giving them a C. All right, the Oakland A's. Uh, they, they, they made a lot of moves, but they've also lost some people. Uh, they got Adam Kalarik and Cody Thomas in a trade with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they got Elvis Andrews in a trade with their Texas Rangers. Uh, they signed Sergio Romo and kept Yusmiro Petit. But their losses, Liam Hendricks, Marcus Simeon, Robbie Grossman, and Tommy Listella. Uh, I gave him a B. I think their bullpen, while they did lose Liam Hendricks, didn't take too much of a hit because they brought in Kalarik, uh, Sergio Romo, and kept Yusmiro Petit around. Um, and they brought in Trevor Rosenthal. I did not add that Trevor Rosenthal, uh, also coming aboard. So, um, I think the A's man, man managed, excuse me, to keep that bullpen solid while losing Hendricks, um, getting Andrews to replace Simeon uh, that, uh, Simeon is better, but Andrews just a solid veteran shortstop and losing Grossman and La Stella, um, 
those guys they put in solid production, but I don't think it's anything that they can't replace. And I think the A's got to be in my opinion. All righty. I can see that, but I'm going to give them a C. Um, the only reason I think is because I think their gains equaled their losses. Um, Liam Hendricks, uh, a tough pill to swallow. But like you said, I don't think their bullpen um, will really be impacted. But, I mean, you're obviously going to feel the loss of Liam Hendricks after he's been putting up uh, numbers like he has been the past two seasons. Um, and then Marcus Semien, um, he also has been doing well for the A's. So I'm giving them a C. I think it was a wash with their losses and their uh, additions. The Houston Astros now. Uh, their key moves, keeping Michael Brantley uh, in town and bringing aboard Pedro Baez from the Dodgers, uh, getting another solid reliever out in the bullpen to add to Ryan Presley. Um, I'm giving him a B. While they didn't do a lot, they did lose George Springer, which hurts. But I think they still have a solid core around there. Um, they didn't. They only they only lost Springer, kept Brantley around, which is huge. Got Baez, like I said. I'm giving him a B. I'm giving them a C. Um, like you said, they didn't really do much. I don't think they really showed that much to improve. Yes, they got Brantley back. Um, and they got Baez. But George Springer, um, you know, they do have other star power uh, still. But I feel like they're definitely going to feel the loss of George Springer out in center field. But, uh, yeah, I'm giving them a C, an average offseason. And these final two teams in the AL West, we're just going to group it together real quick. We got the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. Uh, the Mariners, they added Ken Giles and James Paxton. Uh, Giles has Tommy John, had Tommy John surgery, so we will not be seeing him in the 2021 season. Uh, expecting to see him back in 2022, though. And they brought James Paxton back to town. Um, you know, just bring a solid, uh, solid veteran arm to that rotation. Uh, but I'm giving them a D. They didn't. They didn't express too much effort in improving. Well, they did make some moves, nothing over the top. I'm giving them a D. Yeah, I'm giving them a D as well. James Paxton, he's an all right guy. Uh, adds depth to your rotation, maybe a third third uh, slot there, but maybe even higher for the Mariners. But um, Ken Giles, they signed someone they can't use for this year. Um, and like you said, they didn't really show much to improve, so I agree with that D. And the Texas Rangers, uh, they got Chris Davis in that Elvis Andrews trade, signed David Dahl, and brought in Mike Fultonavich, the former Braves pitcher. Uh, but their losses, they lost to Elvis Andrews, like I said, and Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, the biggest loss of the offseason. Uh, he was their ace of that staff last year when Kluber went down, and he put in some good production. And trading him, uh, that that's huge for them. They, they, their rotation is looking weak. Um, yeah, I'm giving them an F. Um, not too much to say. Their losses definitely outweighed their additions, and that's all I got to say. Giving them an F. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, like you said, Lance Lynn, they're definitely going to feel the impact of losing a guy like him, and their additions quite don't really uh, make up uh, to all their losses, and I don't really think it'll make them that much of a better team. So I'm giving them an F. All right, we're moving on to the National League now and into the NL East. We're going to start with the reigning National League East champions, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they brought in Charlie Morton, Drew Smiley, kept Marcelo Zuna around, got Jason Kipnis aboard, and resigned the Panda Pablo Sandoval while they did lose Adam Duvall and Mark Melanson. I'm giving the Braves an A. 
They did lose some some guys who were impactful on that last year's team, but they brought guys in that make those losses not severe at all. Keeping Marcelo Zunas bad in the lineup, absolutely huge. Getting Charlie Morton, a good veteran pitcher in town. Uh, and Drew Smiley, who was a good death pitcher for the Giants last year. Um, and then Kipnis and Sandoval, just veteran guys. Uh, losing Duvall, it'll hurt a little bit. And then Melanson out in the bullpen, I think they did a good job of finding ways to, to, to replace him and keep that bullpen strong. I'm giving them an A, already building on the team that they had last year by getting better. I can see that. Um, I'm giving them a B, though. I don't think, um, me personally, I don't think it's an A just yet. Um, and that being the reason, because I don't think it's on the level of the other teams I gave an A, but, um, the only thing I would like to see is them do a little bit more to compete with, um, a top team now in the East, the Mets, who we're going to talk on next. I feel like if they would have done some more to compete with them, that would have been a scary, uh, a frenzy in the NL East. So, um, and like you said, Duvall and Melenson, um, they could feel the effects, but um, they definitely filled filled in the spots. And um, I think it was a pretty good offseason. Um, and the only reason I'm not giving an A is because I wish they did a little bit more to compete with the Mets. So I'm giving it a B. All right. And speaking of the Mets, we're going to touch on them now. Uh, their additions, Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. And with that trade load, I'm giving them an A. Uh, but they also got Trevor May, a solid reliever. James McCann, a top five, top 10 catcher. I think top five, in my opinion. Uh, and then they got Jonathan VR, good utility man, and Kevin Pillar, uh, who had a solid C2020 season at the plate with the Rockies last year. It brought Albert Almora Jr. in. Um, just made a lot of moves, but there's they did lose some guys. They lost Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez in that Lindor trade, and they lost Justin Wilson to the Crosstown Yankees. Uh, but I'm giving an A. Uh, anytime you can get a guy like Francisco Lindor, like I said, I'm slapping an A on that offseason. Uh, the Mets certainly did that, and they're going to be right up there with the Braves contending for the National League East title this year. Yeah, I don't think there's any argument here with an A. Um, like you said, even just Francisco Lindor and not even Carrasco, that's an A right there. And you would think if, if you acquired Lindor and Carrasco, you would have to be giving up many pieces to your team, but they found a way to not do that. Really only losing Rosario, and Jimenez is a top prospect, but Rosario uh, is not, I mean, he's all right. He's not the greatest. Um, and yeah, those three other pieces um, are very good moves for the Mets. And the Mets uh, definitely, like you said, be competing for that number one spot. So yeah, it's an A. All right. The Nationals, uh, they, they did a good job of improving, in my opinion. They got Josh Bell uh, from the Pirates in a trade. Signed Brad Hand, who's a solid closer. Got Kyle Schwarber from the Cubs and John Lester, two Cubs coming aboard. And they kept Ryan Zimmerman, their longtime first baseman in town. I'm giving them a B. Uh, while they didn't make as many moves as the Braves and the Mets, they did do a good job of filling the needs, which is why I gave them a B. Um, handle slot nicely in a bullpen last year. That was horrific for the Nationals. Um, Bell you know, is a good everyday first baseman. Schwarber out and left. Um, he's been inconsistent at times coming off a rough 2020. He's looking to turn it around Lester veteran pitcher, uh, getting towards the end of his career and Zimmerman also another veteran getting towards the end of his career. Yeah, I agree with the B I'm giving it a B as well. Um, 
I think their moves are going to fit their team really well. If Josh Bell um, can um, can do what he does best, hit home runs, um, I think uh, that alone could be a bright spot. Kyle Schwarber's a solid, solid outfielder. John Lester, a good death pitcher. Ryan Zimmerman, obviously, longtime national. Um, and they showed improvement. They showed um, that they wanted to improve, and I believe they did. So I'm um, giving them a B as well. The Miami Marlins, the next team, uh, got Adam Duvall, Anthony Bass, Adam Simber, and Dylan Floro while losing no one significant. Um, giving them a C. They made an effort to get a little bit better. Um, Adam Duvall was a good ad on a cheap deal, one year, $5 million. Simber and Floro, decent arms out in the bullpen. Floro was a good move, in my opinion, uh, coming over from the Dodgers, who just won the World Series. Floro will be a good uh, seventh to eighth inning guy for them. Um, I've given them a C. They made moves. Not a lot, but did make some to get better. Yeah, I agree again. Um, given it a C. Marlins, uh, it's tough to uh, to go all in at this point to get uh, great free agents as you're still slowly moving upward. Um, but this, again, let's see. I think it's an average offseason. They showed effort to improve. They didn't get the best options out there, but they got sufficient pieces. And um, I think they'll keep making making improvements and keep marching up until they are ready to compete for the playoffs. And the I'm final team in the oh, – sorry no, to cut good. you off. You were continuing your thought there. We're good. All right. To the final team in the NL East, the Philadelphia Phillies. Giving them a C. Kept JT Romuto and Didi Gregorius around while adding some bullpen arms in the forms of Archie Bradley, Brandon Kinsler, and Jose Alvarado. Uh, didn't, too, didn't do too much to get a lot better, but they didn't lose anyone – so that's why I'm giving them a C. Uh, they did make an effort to upgrade the bullpen slightly. I don't think any of these arms will pre- provide significant impacts. Uh, the one arm that I think will provide the most impact is Archie Bradley. But given the Phillies a C, I don't think they're going to make significant impacts. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm agreeing with the C. Um, I feel like this offseason for the Phillies really got log jammed with the whole JTO Riyamoto um, debacle. Many people didn't know what was going to transpire, and people thought that he was gone at certain points. But he resigns. Uh, they get Gregorius back, and um, I think you know um, when you get Rio Muto back, you don't lose him. It's it's pretty good. So don't think it was quite good enough for a B because he didn't really get too much. Um, but yeah, I'm giving it a C. All right, on to the NL Central. We're going to fly through these teams because, honestly, they didn't do a whole lot. Starting with the Cubs, uh, they added Jock Peterson, Jake Garrietta, and Trevor Williams uh, while losing Hugh Darvish, Kyle Schwarber, John Lester, and Jose Quintana. I'm giving this a D. Uh, you lost Hugh Darvish. Um, and and three, you lost three starters, Darvish, Lester, and Quintana, and didn't do a lot to replace those guys. Uh, you got Arietta, who was is best with the Cubs, but I think he's eh, he's not what he was in 2015, 2016. Uh, you got Trevor Williams from the Pirates in free agency. He was just an average starter. And then you got Jock Peterson, who you're banking on is going to continue what he did in the postseason and be good. I just I just don't like this offseason for the Cubs. I'm giving it a D. Yeah, I can see I easily gave that a D. Um, now, I'm giving it a C. And the only reason 
literally the only reason why is there's a gut feeling to me that Jack Peterson coming to the Cubs, I feel like he could flourish more. He was in the, the shadows, you could say, of all the stars in L.A. And, you know, maybe maybe he'll flourish in Chicago. Maybe he'll uh, he'll put up some great numbers and the losses won't won't sting as much. And, yeah, their losses, they definitely feel them. But I think Jock Peterson will, if, if he uh, plays to his ability that I think he will, I think he'll, he'll sweeten up that, that lo- those losses a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I can see how it is a D, but I'm giving it a C. The Cincinnati Reds, the next team in the NL Central, added Sean Doolittle, D. Gordon, and Kyle Holder while losing Trevor Bauer and Rysel Iglesias. Again, I'm going to D. You lost your best starter. Uh, who's coming off of Cy Young and Trevor Bauer, and you traded your closer, Rysel Iglesias, and didn't get a whole lot in return. Um, I'm giving it a D. Your additions definitely did not um, definitely did not match your subtractions. D for the Reds, that's all i got to say. Yeah, I agree here, D. Um, they didn't really show efforts to improve. They lost Bauer. When you lose a pitcher like Bauer, um, you're going to have a below average offseason. So it's a D for me. The St. Louis Cardinals, for certain, got an A. Uh, you got Nolan Arenado and $50 million from the Colorado Rockies without giving up a top 10 prospect. Um, actually, maybe not. I think they might have given up their ninth, but not a top five. I would expect the top five prospect to go back and return for a Nolan Arenado. Not the case. Um, and you got that boatload of money, plus keeping veterans like Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina in town. And their only significant loss was John Brebbia, who's in who's a middle of the pack reliever who went uh, to San Francisco. We'll talk about him later. Cardinals get an A. You get a superstar to a base like Arenado. You you're winning the offseason getting an A, no doubt about it. Yeah, um, I agree. You got it. I mean, anytime you get Nolan Arenado, I don't care what team you are, it's an automatic A. And then you get free fifty million dollars along with him. So, um, quite the, quite the trade there for the Cardinals. Definitely an A. The Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they added Colton Wong from the rivals, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, strong defensively. Got Derek Fisher, the outfielder from Toronto, who's just a, probably your fourth outfielder. And you kept Brett Anderson in town, who's a uh, middle to bottom of the rotation starter. I'm giving it a C. You didn't do much to uh, improve. You kind of just stayed the same. So can't really harp on him for that. Um, just a flat-out average offseason, giving the Brewers a C. Yeah, um, I agree with you again. An average offseason, like you said, um, they didn't really improve, but they didn't really lose anyone significantly. They kind of just stayed where they were. So um, no really other great option than to see. And the final team in the NL Central, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, just slap a gigantic F on this offseason. Um, I guess you could call a key move getting back a bunch of average, uh, average prospects, uh, just a whole boatload of average prospects, I must say. And they traded away Joe Musgrove, Josh Bell and Jameson Tyon and lost Trevor Williams in free agency to the Cubs um, in no way, shape or form. And you trade away three members, three key members of your core that you have uh, and get uh, this little value back in return. Are you going to win the off season or get even close to an average grade pirates get an F uh, no, no dispute. I think from anybody. Yeah, I agree again. Giving them an F. Um, feel like their off season would have been better if they got more out of these trades they made, but they didn't, they didn't really get much at all back. Um, and when that happens, when you give away three pretty good guys for your team and you don't get much back, it's hard to, uh, 
you know, to have a good offseason. So I'm giving them an F. They is pretty, pretty bad offseason. All right, on to the final division. Uh, we got the National League West, starting with Arizona, uh, a C. That's what I'm giving it. Uh, their key moves are bringing in Joaquin Soria and Chris Davinsky, two pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, relievers in that bullpen, upgraded. And then bringing in utility man uh, is Drupal Cabrera. Uh, again, average like the Brewers. Didn't do much to get a lot better, but they did make some moves uh, to add to what they already have. I'm giving it, I'm giving it a C. Yeah, and I think we're going to agree for the rest of this to NLS. But, yeah, I'm giving it a C. Like you said, they didn't get worse. They didn't get better. They just stayed where they were. Um, and, yeah, see the golden average. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the reigning World Series champions, getting a grade in the offseason. Uh, they brought along the 2020 NL Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer, kept Justin Turner and Blake Trinan in town, got Corey Knebel, from the Brewers, who is a uh, reliever who had a good year in 2018, got injured, um, and I, the Dodgers do this. They get guys who gotten injured or flown under the radar, and they just turn their careers around. I expect the same to happen with Corey Knebel. Uh, but there, there are subtractions. Jock Peterson, Jake McGee, and Kike Hernandez. Uh, again, those subtractions, when you look at the additions, nothing too significant, given it an A for L.A. Yep, I'm giving an A as well. When you had a guy like Trevor Bauer, it's pretty hard not to give them an A just with him alone. And like you said, there's their uh, subtractions come nowhere close to the benefit of the guys they brought in. So it's an A for me. The San Diego Padres, another A. Uh, you got Blake Snell, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Mark Melanson, Keone Kella, House Young Kim, and Jerickson Profar. Uh, when you make moves, like those three starters, like I listed with Snell, Darvish, and Musgrove, significantly upgrading the starting rotation. You're going to get an A. Um, they went to the NLTS last year without any of these guys, and I expect them to be right there with the Dodgers. I don't think they're going to win the NL West, but I think they're going to be right there with these moves. Uh, Mark Melanson bolsters the bullpen, uh, along with Keone Kella. Hassan Kim coming over from Korea and keeping jerks and profile around definitely warrants an A. No doubt about that. Yep, I'm green again. It's an A for me. Um, like you said, Blake Snell, Darvish, and Musgrove. That's going to substantially improve one's pitching staff. And these are like these are the types of moves I would like to see um, teams make when they're competing with uh, another top team. They go all in in an offseason. They improve um, in many aspects. And whenever you get a guy like Blake Snell, um, it's going to be a good year. And they deserve an A. On to the San Francisco Giants, a B. I'm giving them a B. They kept Kevin Gosman, who was one of their best starters around, brought aboard Tommy LaStella from the A's, got Alex Wood from the Crosstown uh, – actually, no, he was not on the Dodgers last year, excuse me. Um, got Jake McGee from the Dodgers, that's what I meant to say. Got Matt Whistler and John Brebbia from the Cardinals. Uh, Matt Whistler, an underrated reliever in my opinion. I think he's, uh, he's good. Um, good addition for the Giants. Again, just all these additions better their team. Um, and I'm giving it a B for it. The Giants made it an effort to get better pitching, and that's what they did. Yeah. Giving it a B. I agree again. Giving it a B. Um, like I've been saying, if you show some effort to improve and you do improve, I'm going to give you a, a B. Um, they showed effort. They improved slightly. I uh, Tom and Stella 
I'm uh, really high on Tommy Stella. I don't know why. I just I just like him. Maybe it's the name. It's a cool name. But uh, I think these these additions are all going to add up to make uh, a pretty solid impact for the Giants. Uh, they're on their trend up. And, um, yeah, it's a B for me. On to our final team, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, we don't got to spend any this time on terrible. this one. This is just terrible. Uh, fun fact of the day, the Colorado Rockies have not signed a free agent to a major league contract. Uh, or any significant major league free agents in that matter since 2018, when they signed Daniel Murphy. Uh, I, I think that's honestly worse than the pirates. At least the pirates made trades. I mean, they didn't get anyone good, but at least they, they did something. The Rockies did nothing. Yeah. Um, absolutely. F. Yeah. Don't need to waste Spam any more F. time on this. And now we're going to go on to the power rankings here real quick. We're going to just take a, a dive into the top 30. Um, give you our opinions on them, and let's just roll right into it. Number 30, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, worst team in baseball. That's pretty obvious. Cannot pick a notable strength on that team. Uh, Tyler, you want to add any input on that? Um, no, I mean, they're pretty deserving of that last spot. I mean, maybe maybe the Rockies could get it. Um, who's at 29? The Rockies are at 29, but they, the Rockies got some pieces. So, no. I, uh, yeah, Pirates deserving of 30. And as you said, the Rockies coming in at 29, they are pretty bad. But at least they do have a man by the name of Trevor Story on that team. The Pirates don't have anyone like that. And I think the Rockies can move up two spots here. Uh, they have, they at least have some decent starters in Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, and John Gray. Um, I think those guys are better than any of the starters that the Orioles and Rangers have. So I could see the Rockies moving up to the 27 range. Um, yeah. And like I said with the O's and Rangers. Orioles 28. Uh, you got Trey Mancini coming back. Um, clear of cancer. Good for him. Uh, glad to see that Mancini was a good piece for the Orioles and just glad to see him healthy again. But they do have weak pitching. But I think we can both agree with 28. Yeah, we can. Um, I mean, I could, I, like you said, I could see them at 29 instead of the Rockies because they don't really have guys who could steal games like the Rockies because Trevor Story has a couple of those games throughout the season where he could beat you single-handedly. But, yeah, um, Orioles, pretty pretty deserving of 28, if not 29, in the in general area. Uh, the Texas Rangers coming in at 27. Uh, they traded away their only notable starter, Lance Lynn, like we talked about earlier. Uh, you could make the argument to flip him with the Orioles, but uh, I'm not going to get distraught about 27. I think that is a fair pick for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, again, in the same general area, if not 27, 28, uh, very close. Coming in at 26, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I think this is an up-and-coming team. They're really young. That rotation is going to be exciting to watch develop in the next couple of years with Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal. Um, I think They are a sneaky team to take a step forward, not anywhere near contending for the playoffs, but I think they can make some strides to get better this year. Um, I think they can most certainly move up in these rankings. No doubt about that. Yeah, I can see it. Um, I don't think they're ready yet, but they could definitely move up a couple spots um, and surprise some people. Coming in at number 25, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I think they're rated way too low. Um, they have pieces like Cattell Marte, David Peralta, Carson Kelly, along with Zach Gallant and Madison Bumgarner in that rotation. Uh, now you're going to need a bounce-back performance from Mad Bum, who had a bad 2020. Um, but I think if they get some bounce back performances, they can definitely go up at least three spots in these rankings. Um, that's all I got in the Diamondbacks, honestly. 
Yeah, I think you're definitely better on about uh, than the next team we're about to touch upon, which is the Mariners. And yeah, you said it. Number 24, the Seattle Mariners. Um, I think for any chance of them to take a step forward, they need to call up their top prospects, uh, known as Jared Kelenic, Julio Rodriguez, uh, Logan Gilbert in the starting rotation. Um, their former president said they were manipulating service time with those guys. Uh, but I do think they need to call them up if they want to see a better output on the field. I I think they could definitely be swapping the D-backs, no doubt about that. Yeah, like I said before, I think uh, I think the Mariners definitely deserve to be uh, behind D-backs. Um, I just don't think they're better. At number 23, we have the Kansas City Royals. Uh, they made, like we said earlier, they made a serious improvement to get better. Uh, serious effort to improve, excuse me. Uh, good offseason, and they could definitely rise uh, in these rankings uh, among the bottom 10, but can definitely move up around that 20 range, I think, at their peak, I believe. Yeah, um, I agree with 23 mostly, but like you said, they could jump up a couple spots if they uh, if they play uh, at their peak. Uh, number 22, we have the San Francisco Giants. Uh, for a team that almost made the playoffs last year, I think they could be up higher on this list. I'm not going to get too picky. Uh, 22 is fair, but they did add pitching depth in free agency like we talked about. So I think they could have definitely been at least least 20, maybe 19. Um, but 22, all right, great to start the season. Or at the start of spring training, excuse me. Yeah, um, I, I pretty much agree with it. I just don't think uh, there's a spot for them to overtake a team really. But who knows? 21, the Miami Marlins, uh, a young team that plays an extremely tough division. Uh, I believe it's a fair ranking, 21, definitely. Um, unfortunate for them, like I said, they got the Braves, Mets, Nationals in this division. The Phillies are decent, um, so they're, they're, they're going to be taking a hit in that record this year. But I think they, they are a team to watch out for in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah, definitely on the up, up rise. Um, but they're not there just yet. Yeah, and I think 21 is a fair ranking. All right, and that's going to that, that's gonna include the bottom 10. And now we're going to go into the middle grouping here from 20 to 11. Starting off at 20, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they still have a strong rotation, even though with the loss of Bauer, they got Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo up there with the one-two punch. Uh, but they're going to need bounce-back performances like 2019 Eugenio Suarez was and people like Aristides Aquino to uh, – to show what he did in 2019 uh, for them to be up there with the contenders in the NL Central. I think 20 is most certainly a fair ranking for the Reds. Yeah, I think it's fair as well. Uh, I guess you could say that the worst average team, maybe. Yeah. All right, 19, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they are going to need Eduardo Rodriguez to stay healthy. Uh, he's got a heart condition after being diagnosed with COVID last year. Um, they're going to need him, like I said, to stay healthy if they want to rise. But overall, I agree with 19 based on what they did in the offseason. Yeah, I agree with it, too. They didn't really do much. Um, nearly the same team. And, uh, yeah, 19 is pretty fair. On to 18, they, we got the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, like we talked about earlier, they kept Rio Muto and Gregorius. Got some relievers. Still not a great team, but 18, fair ranking, I believe. Yeah, uh, I think it's fair, too. Maybe they jump up one. Um, Bryce Harper has uh, a good season along with Riamuto, but 
uh, it's going to be tough to jump in front of the next couple teams. And speaking of that, I think these next two teams can both make significant jumps in these rankings. Uh, we're just going to group them together and talk about the strengths. 17, we have the Los Angeles Angels. Now, while their starting rotation isn't great, their lineup is really good with Trout and Rendon. And I think I'm just got a gut feeling that I don't know what it is. Trout, he's tired of losing. He said it. Now, that necessarily, that really doesn't mean much. Uh, I don't think anyone, well, I don't think anyone likes losing and, and wants losing to happen. But I just don't know. I think if they can get over performances out of guys in rotation, they can move up. And I don't know why. I just think it could happen. Yeah, I, I can see it. Um, you know, maybe if guys all like buy into, into, um, you know the fact that you know let's let's make it happen, let's let's make the playoffs. But uh, you know, seventeen, yeah, like you said, I, I think they could definitely move up if they play. If Mike Trout is typical Mike Trout, and um, and they get a supporting cast behind him, they could definitely jump up into the mid-teens. And at number sixteen, the Chicago Cubs, uh, they have a lot of talent in this team that just underperformed in twenty twenty, still made the playoffs, but uh. If they want to be a serious contender in the NL, they got to get bounce back performances from Chris Bryant. They need to see his MVP form again. And they need Javi Baez to play like he did in 2018 and 2019. Uh, bring back that El Mago vibe. Uh, I think 16 is a good ranking to start, but they can definitely make a giant leap in these rankings if they get their stars to play like they can play. Yeah, I agree with 16 for now. Um, I think the only reason they are 16 is because, like you said, they're underperforming talent last year. But 16, pretty fair for right now. At number 15, we got the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they still have a solid starting rotation. Uh, but the lineup does have some question marks. 15, middle of the pack. I think it's a good ranking considering they have guys like Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber still on the team. Yeah. Um, Indians, yeah. Well, they took a hit um, in the offseason. Their pitching will definitely keep them in uh, games, like you said. And, um, you know, they could, uh, like, I mean, being in the middle of a pack at 15, um, you're a good team, and you deserve to be there, and I think the Indians deserve to be there as well. So 15, pretty fair. All right, number 14, we got the Washington Nationals. Uh, starting rotation is good. They made upgrades getting John Lester. Uh, their lineup, they added to it getting Josh Bell, uh, like we said earlier. Personally, I'd move them above the team we're going to talk about next, the Milwaukee Brewers, based on what the Nationals did in the offseason to get better. I'd personally put them at 13. Yeah, um, for some reason, I like the Nationals. Um, I think they could go up at least one, maybe two. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're better than, than definitely the Brewers, who are about to touch on, and maybe even the A's if they play um, they play good. But um, I guess you could say it's pretty fair. They're in the general area where they're, they're supposed to be. So, yeah. And like we said, we're talking about the Brewers at number 13. Uh, their rotation lacks depth. They're counting on Yelich to bounce back from a horror from a not good 2020 season and get back to 2019 MVP form. Uh, and they're also counting on guys like Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff to really carry the load at the front end of that rotation. Uh, like I said, I would flip in with Washington uh, to, down to 14. Yeah. Um, like I said before, too, I think um, they definitely they definitely deserve to be swapped. Um and the Nationals deserve to overtake them and maybe even the team we're about to touch on next. At number 12, the Oakland Athletics. I like them here. I really do. 
the A's just with that money ball mentality, they always find a way to be competitive and stick around in the playoff hunt. Um, they they made some good ballpen moves, like we said with Romo, Petit, and Rosenthal. Uh, I like them at twelve. I think they they did a good job of doing a little tiny patchwork and their holes in the lineup. But I think twelve is a fair ranking for the Athletics. Yeah, uh, it's pretty fair, I guess you can say. But uh, yeah, they is always a stingy team to play against. Um, if they're on their game, um, it's going to be a tough battle all the way to the end. Um, and yeah, the, I, I could agree with 12. On to the final team in this middle group of teams here. Number 11, we have the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, we talked about adding Nolan Arenado already, and that does make them a lot better. I like them at 11, but they can most certainly jump into the top 10 uh, early on in the season. Yeah. I, I can see that definitely whenever you have a guy like Arenado um, makes your team that much better. But uh, yeah, 11, I think is very fair right now. And now we're going to jump into the top 10. We got the Houston Astros coming in at number 10. Uh, they kept the same core around except for losing George Springer. Uh, I personally like them at 10 just because of the talent all around this team. Um, and yeah, I, the only concern for me is Verlander is out to the all-star break, but other than that, I think uh, 10 is most certainly fair considering they were one win away from going back to the World Series last year. Yeah, and as much as I hate to say it, the Astros still have a, a lot of talent on their team. So coming at number 10, um, very uh, very fair there. Still still can compete with the best of the teams. Uh, coming in at number nine, we got the Tampa Bay Rays. This rating is so was so hard to to analyze and break down because they, they didn't make the world series last year, but they also lost their top two starting pitchers. Um, they still got Randy Rosarena around. Uh, they do have some talent in that lineup. Um, I like him in nine for now, but I, this is definitely subject to change. Um, maybe I probably honestly would, would consider moving them out of the top 10 and put St. Louis at 10 Houston at nine, but Again, you got to wait till they get on the diamond in meaningful games in the regular season. I don't, I don't mind the Rays at nine for right now. Um, I gotta say, I totally disagree with this. I don't think their pitching uh, alone gets them into the top ten. I mean, I get it under, I understand it now coming into the season, um, being in the top ten because it's hard to move a team that just went to the World Series outside of the top ten. But I don't think. Um, once the season starts, the Rays will be in the top 10 um, for a majority of the season. I just don't think their pitching will uh, will be top 10. Um, and I think it has to be there. I think their pitching alone has to be top 10 in order to, to for their team as a whole to be in the top 10. And I just can't see that. Yeah, I think the World Series, uh, them being in the World Series last year, put serious implications in the top 10. Yeah. Coming in at number eight, we got the Toronto Blue Jays, who had a great offseason like we talked about. Personally, I'd flip them with the Twins. I'd put the Jays in number seven. I just like the Jays lineup better. Now, both these rotations are, are kind of shaky, but I, I give the edge to the Jays because of their lineup. Yeah, um, I do too, honestly. I think uh, the Blue Jays are going to be a very good team in the in the near future, and I think they're going to be a good team this year. Um, they're going to be a tough battle for my uh, – my beloved Yankees, but um, yeah, I think the Twins and Blue Jays nearly the same team. Not the greatest pitching, but got defense 
a decent offense. Um, and the Blue Jays, if they're young guns, can who knows? Maybe if they have a breakout season, watch out for them. They could definitely uh, move up a spot or two. Um, certainly agree. On to seven, like we said, the Twins. Um, the Twins made some moves, stayed about the same, good contender in the AL. Uh, I, I, I can understand why they were put at number seven, but like I said, I'd flip them with the Blue Jays down to eight. Yeah, um, we pretty much agreed on the Blue Jays and the Twins. Um, yeah, I could see, I could see them staying at seven, or I could see them swapping either one. All right, now before we get into these top six, um. These top five to six teams, uh, I am going to include the White Sox in this personally, but they are all very strong, and you can make arguments why they should be higher or lower, um, but we're going to get right into six with the Chicago White Sox. Um, I I agree with six as right now. They're an all-around good team, but I do agree with them being just short of uh, the top five. You can see them getting there, though, uh, with all the talent on their roster. I can most certainly see them being in the top five power rankings uh, at some point in the season. Yeah, um, I agree with six um, just because I think it's so hard to get into the top five right now with the teams we're about to touch on. But honestly, the the, the top five, I feel like each of them could have a uh, could have a, a little stretch where they're the best team in baseball. So this top five is going to get very, very close. Yes, most certainly so. And starting off the top five, at number five, my New York Mets. Uh, like we said, they made a lot of upgrades and have an all-around strong team now. And um, getting Lindor and Carrasco, like we said, completely changes the outlook of this team. I agree with them at being five, but they most certainly can make a jump up to four or three and maybe even two. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move them up instead of the Braves. Um I think uh, I think the Braves, obviously, they've been the division winners for uh, a long time now. Um, but the Mets, uh, I think this is finally their year where uh, they're the standout best team. And I think, uh, I think honestly, call me crazy, but I think the Braves are going to be scared of the Mets. I think uh, they don't know what's coming. I don't think the rest of the league really knows what's coming. It's a new era of Mets baseball, and uh, I could easily see them coming in, in the top four. So I'm going to move them up one. I certainly agree. I certainly do think the Braves will be scared of the Mets. Um, I, yeah, like you said, new era Mets baseball. As a Mets fan, I'm excited for it. Uh, the Steve Cohen era is starting strong, and it's it's going well up to this point. Um, but I am going to keep them at five for now because – the Braves have just won the division the last couple of years. I'm just, I don't, I don't know that I'm ready to discount them yet and put the Mets above them just based on the Braves' recent success. Yeah, I can understand that. And speaking of the Braves, they come in at number four again. Had a strong offseason. I think the Mets' offseason was better, but the Braves did have a strong offseason, making improvements. Um, and they only got better than last year. Um, but you said you'd move the Braves down to five. I. I'm going to move the Braves up to three. Now, this is this is a little of a controversial move, I know, but I am very high on Atlanta. I just like them all around. The starting rotation's good. Uh, the bullpen is deep, a deep bullpen. Um, their lineup is very strong. Um, they, they won the NL East uh, the last couple of years, like I said. 
and I just I'm just high in the Braves. I'm going to put him at three. All right, you're high in the Braves. I'm low on the Braves, but um, I mean four, I guess is pretty fair for right now. Um, but me personally, I would swap him with the Mets. You would swap him with the team we're about to touch on next. And coming in at number three, the New York Yankees. Uh, I do have the Yankees at four, being slightly better than the Mets at this point. Again, I like five, four, and three. Don't get me wrong. I just am personally higher on the Braves right now, and that definitely could change based on how these teams play once we get to regular season time. So this isn't how I feel for the rest of the season. This is just how I'm feeling right now. Want want everyone to keep that in mind. Um, I have the Yankees at four, being slightly better than the Mets. Um, I think the Yankees... Uh, are going to miss Severino for a little bit, but they made some moves to feel to feel that pain a little less. Severino uh, coming back around the All Star break, I believe. Uh, but I have the Yankees at four, being slightly better than the Mets right now. Um, I can see it, but um, I, I also agree with three. Um, their their moves in the off season, if Corey Kluber can perform to his the close to his Cy Young level. Um, that would be a huge help to the Yankees and Tyon. He's a good addition. Um, Garrett Cole, um, whenever you have Garrett Cole, the team uh, is pretty damn good. Um, but then I don't know. I just feel like the Yankees, uh, they're ready. They feel chipped out of, uh, some unfinished business this past decade. And it's a new decade. Um, I think they're going to be eager to get another ring. Uh, I think um, once Severino gets back, their pitching will improve um, even more. But that's a little bit longer down the stretch, and I just don't think they could. I think they're kind of log jammed right now. Um, I like where they are. Yeah, again, I can understand you putting keeping them at three. Uh, but now we're going to move to the top two. You got the San Diego Padres at number two. Uh, the starting rotation is filthy. Lineup's still very strong, and their bullpen got better. Certainly deserving of two. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Yeah, I don't think there's any argument here. Um, definitely deserving of a top two. Um, they could be at one at some point in the season, but for right now, there's no disputing the number one and two. And coming in at number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The reigning World Series champs just got Trevor Bauer uh, aboard. Uh, like we said earlier, kept uh, a lot of the same core around. I, I think they are absolutely number one. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, again, no argument. Um, I don't think anyone can argue it. Their team would probably be number one, even without Trevor Bauer. And then when you add him, I mean, it just solidifies that spot. So no argument there. Dodgers coming in at the top of the MLB's first power rankings of the season. And, and with the finish of those power rankings, that is going to wrap up another episode of After the Buzzer. We will catch you guys on next week's episode talking more NHL and MLB, obviously, and maybe even more NFL if more news breaks. That's why we're really not reporting a lot about that right now because not a lot is going on. Um, but we'll catch you guys next uh, next week's episode.